0: Hey, Happy New Year. Beginning next week, we have a batch of brand new episodes to start 2015. For now, I think you can use this one. No offense. It's from last year. Trust me. It's just as relevant today. Maybe more so. Talk to you soon.
1: Hey, Freakonomics.
2: Is a college education still worth it? How much do parents really matter? Should tipping be banned? How many parking is spaces are Why there? Why drug dealers...
1: Hey, Freakonomics, I have a question for you.
3: From WNYC, this is Freakonomics Radio, the podcast that explores the hidden side of everything. Here's your host, Stephen Dubner.
0: Hey, podcast listeners, we love it when you send us your questions like, Hey, Freakonomics, what's the best way to do this or that? Or, Hey, Freakonomics, what's the story with such and such? Some of you are so smart, I'm not even sure you're real.
1: Hey, Freakonomics, this is Jasmine.
0: All right, hey, Jasmine, what would you like to know today?
1: I want to know what is the best, most efficient form of exercise. I want to get the most benefit for the least amount of time invested. I don't have that much money either. Also, I am kind of lazy. Thanks, for economics.
0: All right, Jasmine, let's see if we can answer your question. The best, most efficient form of exercise. But let, let's start by examining the premise. Maybe you don't even need to exercise. Is exercise really as worthwhile as we think? So we put this question to David Meltzer. He's our kind of guy. He's a doctor and an economist at the University of Chicago.
2: I think there's a lot of good evidence, both observational as well as experimental, that exercise really helps. Um, The numbers I, I often cite are that even something as simple as walking for half an hour a day, five days a week, raises your life expectancy by a year and a half. And exercising more intensively than that on a daily basis can produce gains that are double that.
1: No offense, Freakonomics, but I could have told you that exercise is good for me. All right. I just want to make sure
0: you're not wasting what little time you have. So as it turns out, Jasmine, your situation is pretty typical. Here's Gretchen Reynolds. She writes the Phys Ed column for The New York Times.
4: The most common reason that people give for not exercising is that they don't have time. And here's what that means. Most Americans are not exercising. The best statistics suggest that at least 80% of Americans are not meeting the most commonly used guidelines for exercise, which are those from the American College of Sports Medicine. And they suggest 30 minutes of moderate exercise most days of the week. The vast majority of Americans are not doing that. Oh, now I don't feel quite so bad.
1: All
0: right. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't try to exercise. So We took your question, what is the most efficient form of exercise, and we asked some people that we thought could answer it. Here's one of them.
5: The right way to think about this is it's the wrong question. And, you know, if I've learned anything in my life, whenever I ask the wrong question, it almost guarantees I will not find the right answer.
1: Ew, what a meanie. Who's this guy?
0: His name is Peter Atia. He's an MD and a nutrition expert and a fitness fanatic himself. Emphasis on the fanatic. Part of his exercise routine is flipping a tractor tire.
5: It's a pretty heavy tire. It's about 450 pounds. You're never actually lifting the entire thing at once because you're flipping it. I have a goal that I'm working really hard, mostly for fun, to get to, which is to break 16 seconds on six flips of that tire. And here's why Dr. Atia thinks
0: that this question, what is the most efficient form of exercise, is the wrong question.
5: If someone says to me, because I get asked this question all the time, what's the least I can do for the most? I really ask the person, what is it you want? What's your desired outcome? And it can be anything from You know, I want to run my first marathon in six months or I want to compete in a triathlon and it'll be my very first one. Or I want to take my game to the highest level because I've already been doing this for a while, but I want to get a little bit better. Uh, It can also be something like I want to look better in a bathing suit or I want to not get tired when I play with my kids. Those are all actually really elaborate physical activities. (laughs)
0: Okay, so Jasmine, what is your exercise goal? Do you want to compete in a triathlon? Want to just look better in a bathing suit?
1: Oh, I already look very good in a bathing suit. This is mostly for my heart, for my longevity.
0: Well, if you're thinking longevity,
4: there's one exercise that Gretchen Reynolds really likes, the squat. The squat will use almost all of the biggest muscles in your body. Those in your upper legs, your back, your core, those are also the muscles that you need to do things like get up out of a chair, which may sound facetious. But in fact, as you age, one of the best indicators of whether you will be independent well into your twilight years is if you can get up out of a chair and if you can go up and down stairs.
1: That sounds pretty good. But how am I supposed to know what exercises do the most good?
0: Okay, so let's talk about how exercise is actually measured. Here's David Meltzer again.
2: So the technical answer is exercise is probably best measured in terms of the total number of calories that you burn. And therefore, the efficiency of exercise in terms of calories burned per unit of time is commonly measured in in something called the metabolic equivalent score, or METS. And they rank all the exercises that you could imagine doing from the most intensive to the least intensive. Um, And the scale starts at one, and one is basically rest. And in the sort of standard scales I've seen, the things that are right up at the top are basically running, soccer, which presumably means you know running all the time, I guess, unless you're the goalie. And then it works its way down. So things like running are a 10. um, Jogging is a 7. Golf is a a 4.5. Then, you know, rest is a 1. But it's interesting because there are also some activities on the list that are things that you might have to do anyway, like yard work. And that's a 6.
1: Do I don't really like yard work. Is there anything else like that on his list? That is a five or a six on the mid-scale.
0: Well, square dancing is pretty good. And here I'll quote from a list put out by the Centers for Disease Control. Playing guitar or drums in a rock band or fishing while walking along a riverbank. Any of that sound good?
1: I am not into fishing. Sorry? I am not into fishing.
0: Alright, let's see what else Clogging is good Uh, Jumping jacks Digging ditches
1: Yeah, let me think those over Fair enough
0: When we come back, I will tell you about a really fast way to get in your daily exercise
5: With the ROM, there's no time to get bored By the time you think of an excuse, four minutes is up And you're getting on with your day
0: That's why Amica takes a consultative approach to help protect what matters most to you. They are a customer-owned insurance company that puts your needs first, and their representatives are available 24-7 for claim-related matters. As Amica says, empathy is our best policy. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Cars.com. Have you heard about the Your Garage feature on Cars.com?
3: From WNYC, this is Freakonomics Radio. Here's your host, Stephen Dubner.
0: Hey, Jasmine, you still there?
1: I am still here.
0: And you're still looking for the most efficient form of exercise? I am. Okay, so you could try an exercise commitment device, like joining a gym, Problem is, research shows that people who buy an annual gym membership overestimate how much they'll use it by about 70%. What a waste of money. Agreed. Now, there's another kind of commitment device, an app called Gym Pact, where you sign up for a certain amount of exercise, and if you don't follow through, you have to pay them. I
1: don't like that one bit.
0: All right, Jasmine, I hear you. So you want the best, most efficient, most cost-effective exercise you can find – Based on what our three wise guests have figured out over time, let me offer you a little checklist. We'll call it the three I's, okay? The first I, intensity. Here's Gretchen Reynolds again.
4: And that means simply that you go very, very hard for a brief period of time and usually that you then have a short break and you go very, very hard again. There are a number of studies that have looked at different forms of high-intensity interval training and have found that, for instance, you can do one minute of, say, um, hard bicycling and one minute of much easier bicycling. And if you do 10 of those intervals, you get essentially the same physiological changes within your body as if you do about 90 minutes or two hours even of more common endurance training, where you just go ride. Um, It seems very clear that these intense bouts of exercise can improve your fitness and also improve your health just as much as much longer bouts. But they have to be hard. They have to hurt.
1: Jasmine,
0: are you ready for the pain?
1: Maybe maybe not what is the second eye in your checklist of three eyes
0: individualization here's peter atia again he's the tractor tire flipping doctor nutritionist
5: kind of means using yourself as a guinea pig you know there's a lot of questions that i think we wish science would answer but sometimes they're either not deemed a high enough priority in the scientific community Or the scientific experiments that are carried out are done on such a heterogeneous population that you can't necessarily extrapolate for yourself. And so one of the other things I do when I work with people is we really sort of uh, embrace this concept of self-experimentation. Because at the end of the day, if I was working with you, um, it's really not that important what works for the population. It's really more important what works for you personally.
1: Okay. He doesn't sound so mean
0: anymore. Agreed. And that leads us to the last I on the exercise checklist. If the first two are intensity and individualization, the third one is I like to do it. Peter Atiyah, Gretchen Reynolds, David Melcher, they all agree that the best exercise is whichever one
5: you'll actually do.
4: Whatever you will do is certainly the best exercise.
5: Well, what do you actually like doing? Do something that you actually enjoy. Do something that makes
0: you better. So what do you say, Jasmine? Does that give you any ideas?
1: I do have something in mind, but I would rather not say.
0: Okay, no problem. But if whatever you are thinking about doing doesn't work out, we've got one more option for you. David Meltzer told us about the ROM workout machine from a company called Quick Gym.
5: The best exercise machine is the one you'll actually use. And the one that gives you a total body workout in only four minutes is the one you'll use every day. So
0: you sound to me like the kind of person who could really warm up to this machine, Jasmine. But let me warn you, it costs more than $14,000.
1: Ouch. Is it worth
0: it? Well, it depends who you ask. Here's how David Meltzer sees it. Now remember, when he's not busy being a doctor, he's being an economist.
2: Yeah, well, I I guess the economic logic of it is that uh it doesn't require very much time at all to get a full day's workout. Um so presumably if you know it took uh uh an hour to get a comparable workout of, and it only takes you 4 minutes, it saved you 56 minutes. So presumably, you know, that's worth your hourly wage, you know, five times a week over a year, you can price that out and amortize it and uh you know Uh, That's probably worth quite a lot of money. Uh, Maybe you'll even get a new sponsor for the show.
5: With the ROM, there's no time to get bored. By the time you think of an excuse, four minutes is up, and you're getting on with your day.
1: Hey, Freakonomics, that's pretty neat. Thank you for your help. Hey,
0: thanks for the question, Jasmine, and I look forward to your next one. Hey, podcast listeners, it's flu season. Every year, tens of thousands of Americans die from the flu, and yet fewer than half of us get a flu vaccine.
4: Providing people with more science, with more data, is is not always the answer.
0: Creative ways to get more people to get the flu vaccine. That's next time on Freakonomics Radio.
3: Freakonomics Radio is produced by WNYC and Dubner Productions. Our staff includes David Herman, Greg Rosalski, Caroline English, Susie Lechtenberg, and Chris Bannon. Special thanks to Kepstrel, whose software provided us with the voice of Jasmine. And thanks to our listener, Scott Heckinger, whose question inspired this episode. If you want more Freakonomics Radio, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or go to Freakonomics.com, where you'll find lots of radio, a blog, the books, and more.
0: Oh, we're done? That was easy. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Stephen. You are the bum.
0: Oh, and you are the fuse. Do you like absinthe, Jasmine?
1: Let's get wasted. <laughs>
2: Pilots know that weather factors like storms, turbulence, and icing can turn routine flight into a challenge. But what if you had satellite-delivered weather data giving you the full picture of what's around you? With SiriusXM Aviation, get coast-to-coast high-resolution weather info, all without altitude limitations or line-of-sight restrictions. Fly confidently, knowing you have the best information available to make decisions in flight. Visit SiriusXM.com slash aviation to learn more. Auto trader.